Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Remake Rewind. I'm Mike. As always, I've got my buddy Alex. How you doing, bud? I'm great. It's 2022. Yee. Nobody claim this is their year. Don't jinx it. This is uh, somebody's year. Yeah, yeah, I hope it's our year, but I'm not going to say it is our year and claim it ahead of time. But this is Remake Rewind. What we do here is we talk about an old movie, we talk about its new remake or reboot, and decide if the remake or reboot, not necessarily whether or not it's better or equal, just if it if it had a reason to exist. Did this need to happen? Did it add anything new to cinema? And that's, that's, that's what we're about. So uh, this week, we're going to be talking about... And I'm sorry, I have to apologize to my host, my co-host Alex. He didn't even really want to do this episode. <laughs> so karma. we're going to talk about West Side Story. And uh, we actually recorded this episode already. And I'm a little bummed because I actually thought it was a really great episode. It was quick. It was fairly short for our episodes. We got to the point. We had some good conversations. And then um, my cat like ripped out my uh, dock's power supply from the wall. And uh, we lost the recording. So we have to do this again. Well, we lost Mike's recording. Mine still exists. We lost my recording. So if anybody wants to listen to my side of that uh, podcast, email me. <laughs> With a lot of gaps when I'm talking. <laughs> By all means, I can release it as a uh, special edition. I don't know. But we're going to be talking about West Side Story. And, <gasps> oh, God. Uh... <laughs> so we're just leaning into this recording being worse than the, the previous one? No, no, no. We're going we're gonna to make this great. Uh, I'm just going to say this. Um, last time, I kept seeing Rita Morena who's in both versions. It's Rita Moreno, and I'm not going to make that mistake this episode. You didn't so need we're to say learn. that. You could have just... No, I I want people to know that I made a mistake, and I'm owning up to it. I don't, And I also wanted to get ahead of it, because I just feel like you, at some point, were going to call me out on it, so I'm getting ahead of the story and spinning it myself. Didn't cross my mind, but speaking of people making mistakes, let's just say up top that we're aware of the Ansel Elgort allegations, and we believe the women involved, and, uh, you know... We're going to talk about this movie, but yeah, that dude seems like a piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely he does. And we've talked about him before on another episode, and uh, more stuff has come out since, so we, he doesn't seem like a good bloke, and but uh, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, Google exists. This isn't the, the podcast for it. Anywho, West Side Story. I know that you have now seen these movies, but prior to this, have you seen these? Obviously not the new one, but have you seen the original one before? I had not seen them until we decided to record this podcast. And um, since we recorded the aborted version of this podcast, I've watched them each five more times because I decided that I love them. Oh, good. That That's uh, a lie. <laughs> I did not watch them again. Uh, neither did I. Um, I did not have time to watch them again. Although I watched, I'm looking at my what have you been up to, bud, and I watched a lot of other shit. So like, I probably did have enough time to watch them again if I really wanted to. But um, <laughs> well, the our time on this earth is fleeting. Yeah the the original one I had never actually seen before. Um, it's been on my list for a while. Um, I am a little bit more familiar with the play. We didn't bring this up the last time we talked about. You know, we talked about how this had been in pop culture and Simpsons have done versions of it, and a lot of sitcoms have done various versions of. Or West it's, just Side been, Story. it's just been referenced, you know? So many, you know, all the snapping and stuff that you see when people are doing musicals came from this. Um, but I had, I had seen the, a high school production of this like 10 years ago. So, you know, I'm familiar with the story, but it's essentially Romeo and Juliet just in the 1950s with Puerto Ricans and white people instead. That's right. So that we're just going to say that's the, uh, the, uh, the summary of the movie, and we're just going to keep that. For, for each version. We're not going to go deep into it because um, it, is an, it really is just a modern retelling of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, and the movies are remarkably similar to each other. Yeah, I would just say the newer one, the 2021, is is an unabridged version of, of the, tw- the 1961 version. So No bridges. No bridges, just a bridge. It's a bridge. Just one land mass. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's get into it. Um, what are your first impressions with the 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 1961 classic? I mean, this has been marked for preservation. It's in the Library of Congress, man. I, I just want to say, if it's unabridged, then they took away one bridge. There was yeah. one single bridge, and they removed it. In the in the 1960s version, there was a bridge. Yeah, and that bridge is in gone the 2021. Now. There are no bridges. Yeah, it's been unabridged. unabridged. Yes. Um, Thanks for clarifying that. We want to make sure our listeners are on the same page. You're welcome. What was the question? 
<laughs> what are your uh, first impressions, general impressions of this movie before we kind of dive deep into it? It's it's a lot of fun, and it's clearly I think it's deserving of all the praise that it gets. I think it's worth being in the uh, the, the the Library of Congress or whatever. Um, I understand why it's got why it's referenced in the Simpsons and you know <laughs> throughout history since it was released. Um, I do not ever need to watch it again. I think I, I feel the same way. And my my you know that's sort of a negative take. I guess my positive take is. I wish that there was like a coffee table book with um, some of uh, the best parts of the cin- cinematography that I could just open up and look at. Cause I think there's some absolutely gorgeous uh, cinematography and just like still shots in this film. Um, like dare I say ahead of its time. I, I would but say I, it is I, ahead of the time. I don't want to rewatch the movie to have to see those things. No, I agree with you. Like there, there's a lot of weird like especially when when um, Tony and Maria meet at the dance, there's this like weird psychedelic light show kind of effects, and the people in the background fading almost like they're holograms, and that became a pretty standard thing in the '70s, but you know, mid to late '70s. So this was a good ten to fifteen years ahead of its time with some of the uh, the lighting effects that it had. Yeah, um, it was also really shot differently than any other movie. Like most movies even today have establishing shots where, you know, okay, here's New York city. And you have like an overview of the New York city, or you see a building outside. That's very clearly a New York building. This is where the scene is going to take place. Yeah. And then it moves internally. Like we still do that. Like, and it's even gotten worse today. Like the Marvel movies, they're like New York. It has a giant font that says New York in front of it. But generally we know where we are. This movie doesn't do that. There are no establishing shots. It just goes, okay, we're, outside in a playground where we just had you know a little battle boom we're in a high school dance like there is no transition there's hard cuts um it's it's kind of shot like a music video oh that's interesting very ahead of its time i I didn't thought about that yeah but i i do agree with you um that it is a very interesting movie to watch it is slow it it is not paced very well yeah it's a long movie like feels so this one was I, i don't remember the running time off the top of my head but like this one was two hours and 30 something minutes. And then the new version was three minutes longer and packed a lot more in. And it seems like a shorter movie. It still seemed long, but this one just had a lot of lingering and dancing that was just like the choreography went on way longer in this version. Yeah. And I think that um, I'm going to talk about the, uh, the, the dramatic acting, not the singing and dancing. Uh, but I think it's, you know, part of the same thing where it just, it feels very dated for 2021 and I think it felt dated by like the seventies or eighties, frankly. Um, they really like, it feels like they really tried to film uh, a stage play in the yeah. the most interesting way possible, which, you know, they succeeded at, but the singing and dancing and, um, and acting especially uh, feel very like transatlantic, transatlantic accent. Like, ah, oh, come here. Son, hey. And the acting feels like very similar to that. It's very big. It doesn't seem to focus on like, you know, the things that we consider cinematic now, like subtle, subtle movements and gestures. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you look at, I mean, this shot on a soundstage, this only had one um, scene that was, uh, or one location. Uh, and that was like the playground where they had a couple rumbles at the beginning where, you know, they're all whistling and they have the first, you know, big brawl before they decide we're going to have the Royal Rumble and, you know, people are going to die kind of fight. That's it. The rest of this was on a soundstage. So in very obvious looking sets, like there isn't much depth in any of this. It is all very much. It looks like a play. So Yeah, which, again, I think is the feature for other people. And it's kind of the bug for me. Yeah. And and that I mean, we just have moved away from that. Obviously, we had Hamilton a few years back that was filmed like that. But it was very much like this is the Broadway play. We're filming this as if you were in the audience. Uh, and that was kind of a. Sorry, I was just I don't think we said this was a Broadway play in 1957. Yeah, correct. So this is based off a of play. Um, and, you know, since we're talking about the the origins of this, I think we should, you know, kind of talk about the other uh, elephant in the room, um, which part of this surprised me. Part of it didn't. I didn't remember how kind of racist against puerto ricans this is um and this version but, has a, so the the song america where they're talking about moving to america and half the puerto ricans say you know america kind of sucks and it's terrible to us and then half the puerto ricans are like no america is way better than puerto rico um 
this version is actually a watered down version of a slightly more racist version. And then in the uh, the 2021 version, it also removes a few lines. But, you know, the original play talks about how Puerto Rico is an ugly, ugly island and it deserves to sink. And everybody there is sick and everybody there is a criminal kind of thing. And um, speaking of somebody who has, you know, my wife is is a Puerto Rican and we've been to Puerto Rico several times. It's like, yes, there are areas that are rough, but it is a very beautiful place. And we have drastically taken advantage of the the island uh so it's a little sad to see watch this movie and be like oof that is that is bad and this was considered less racist than the previous version um and then there's brownface they put a puerto rican actress in brownface because they cast uh natalie wood r.i.p um who's a russian you know descended woman who was born in san francisco but she's very white they put her in brown face and then they took the only puerto rican actor in this movie and put her in brown face to match so yeah and, uh, rita rita moreno is who you're talking about and she had a um she told a story recently i don't remember if it was for this west side story press tour i think it was a few years ago um but she was saying you know she's on the original movie they the makeup artist was slathering this brown face on her and she was like well First of all, why am I, why are all the Puerto Ricans the same color? Why are you using the same makeup on on all the Puerto Rican characters? Like we're not all the same color. I'm very light skinned and there's darker skinned Puerto Ricans. Um, and also, I'm Puerto Rican. Why are you putting it on me at all? And um, she said that the makeup artist called her racist. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Um, now the one thing that did surprise me because you know I hadn't seen this since I was. 23 24 years old and my sister did a middle school or high school production of this um which of course was watered down even more um because it's a high school production but i one of the things that surprised me is when you watch like romeo and juliet which i watched the um the Baz Luhrmann one you know a month or two ago yeah um, yeah you get the side that the capulets and the the montagues are equally to blame for everything they're both do things that kind of fuck over the other person they both have this deep hatred in this version, it's just or, the white people. West Side, it's the Jets that cause all the problems. They are the ones that go and you know harass the Puerto Ricans at the beginning. They're the ones who are like, "Yeah, let's do a rumble. We're gonna like invite them to fight at docks at midnight." Um, they're the ones that in this version, you know, it's Tony who really goes after the romance and tries to go work around everybody. And then it's the white people that start it, and it's the white people who attempt to rape a woman at the end of the movie. They sure do. Like. It's the white. So actually, the when you, when you think about it, Ansel Elgort was well cast in that regard. Ooh, I think the the white people brought the gun too, right? Yeah, they did. Well, in the newer version, um, in this version, I don't. It, it's I don't think that it's clear who brought the gun in this version. I don't yeah, think they brought remember. it. I think there was just a gun there. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a little odd. I didn't expect that. I expected it to be a little bit more even. And then especially with knowing the background of this movie that, you know, a lot of Puerto Ricans and a lot of, you know, Latino people do not like this musical or this movie um, because they feel it's racist. And I can understand why they feel that way. But I was expecting like the Puerto Rican side to be painted as the bad guys the whole time. And the only person you can maybe say is is problematic is Bernardo. Like he really wants to fight the whole time. But coming from looking at it from his perspective, I kind of get it. Like the white people are constantly attacking them. They get shittier shit stuff, and then like they're coming after their. They say in both versions that like the Puerto Rican women are better dancers and they're better looking. And as much as white people claim to hate them, like white people sexualize them quite a bit. So like I can understand why Bernardo is like fuck the white people. Yeah, Bernardo, who is played by a Greek man, by the way. Yeah, and he was also the only um, lead character to not get dubbed with another person doing the vocals. Right, because he Which was is, he was already a singer dancer, right? Well, then also he none of his songs like Bernardo doesn't sing as much as any of the other oh, yeah, lead characters, right. yeah. and none of his stuff goes extraordinarily high or extraordinarily low. It's all kind of just mid level. So he's able to uh, he was able to actually handle it. Where you know a lot of the other songs are a little challenging, like um, uh, "I Feel Pretty" sung by uh, Maria. That gets really high, and so you need somebody who's classically trained to be able to do it. Yeah. So um, I don't really have a ton to talk about with this one. I, I, I feel like we're going to spend most of the time talking about the newer one and what's different, what's been improved. Um, so I mean, is there anything in particular that you want to talk about with this version? Because I feel like we're just going to 
go back and forth once we get to the newer version. Yeah, I think we I think we covered all the big things. I, I should say uh, my notes for this podcast were deleted, so I'm really raw dogging it here. Oh, nice. I I still got mine because I do them on on Google Docs, so it just saves. It's pretty great. Nice. Uh, all right. Well, what have you been up to, bud? Oh God, I wasn't prepared for this. It's going to be like extra long now. That's what she said because uh, it's been so long. Because it's basically a month. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for what it's worth, while he's pulling up his notes, um, last time when we recorded this about two and a half weeks ago, we recorded our Spider-Man No Way Home um, bonus episode back to back. That one worked totally fine. And uh, we uploaded that to our regular feed for free to make up for um, the missed episode. So. Um, that's going to be on both of our lists, Spider-Man Far From Home. I watched it, or No Way Home. I watched it twice, but I'm going to let Alex go now. Yeah. Um, I think Spider-Man No Way Home we saw before West Side Story, actually. No, I didn't. I did. I saw it the day oh, before I watched either one. Yeah, wow. Um, my wow. list actually isn't that long. I, I did not watch that much during December, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Last Action Hero I revisited. Nice. I started that and then fell asleep. Dude, it, it holds up very it. well. And it, it was really I remember weird. it holding up. It was really weird watching it after Spider-Man No Way Home, too, because I feel like there's a lot of uh, crossover with different universes and stuff. And all the callbacks to yeah, different like, genres and, well, like, and you uh, know, it, shticks. It stars the, mo- the movie Last Action Hero stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he is uh, playing a movie person in that, in this movie. And then he exits the world of movies in his movie and goes into the real world. Air, air encounters himself at his point. And in the real world, there is another Arnold Schwarzenegger who is a movie star who plays the guy that he's playing. And Arnold Schwarzenegger also just wasn't in Terminator. It was Sylvester Stallone and on and on and on. There's all these like, uh, Hollywood. Yeah, it's in a jokes. fun movie. That's great. It's been a few years since I watched it, but I remember Like I watched it like five years ago and remember it. Yeah. Holding up. Joe, uh, Joe Johnston directed that, you know, good for him. Oh, yeah. Who did um, uh, The Rocketeer and Jurassic Park. And the Lost first World. Captain America movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's great. So I also watched uh, Mascots, Christopher Guest. Have you seen that? No. It's fun. But I know what it is. Yeah, it's good. Um, Mr. Right with Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick and nice. Tim Roth. Yeah, I'd like seen that on my Netflix um you know, as a recommended thing for, I don't know, probably a year now. And I, it just didn't like look interesting to me. And finally we watched, um, uh, the trailer for it. And I was like, Oh, this might actually, this might actually fuck a little bit. So I watched Sam it. Rockwell's pretty good. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't doubt Sam Rockwell. And I really enjoyed this movie. Um, and it really bums me out that Sam Rockwell has not like gotten his flowers yet. I feel like, He's almost made it, but he's got a lot of potential that's not being realized. And like even, you know, we always talk about the Marvel Universe. Even in that, he was in Iron Man 2 and he was fantastic. And they're bringing back all these characters from other franchises. Bring back Justin Hammer. I want more Dancing Rockwell. Yeah. Um, That's the one thing I wish the MCU had more of. You know, there is Armor Wars coming out. Maybe he'll be in that. He had better be in that, honestly. Like, uh, it's, it's disappointing that Sam's not in more stuff. Um, I used to play, uh, play shows with his little cousin, Nick. Oh, nice. Yeah. We're in a punk and hardcore bands together. I mean, we weren't in bands together, but we played shows together. Uh, watched Nightmare Before Christmas, of course. Nice. Um, I showed Goodfellas to my little cousin her first nice. time. And yeah, the movie's just incredible. Holds up. Um, I watched Best in Show because I guess I'm on a Christopher nice. Guest kick now. And I watched Ma- Matrix Resolution, uh, Resurrections twice. Nice. Um, so I'll just shotgun some of these because these are some of these are Christmas ones. Uh, and I know some of these that I'm about to call out, you actually watched too. And just probably it's been so long, you didn't, you, you don't remember where the cutoff is. But uh, um, so Christmas movies, I watched The Holiday, Home Alone 2, Die Hard, A Christmas Story, um, Elf, and and um, Love Actually. So I watched all those. And then uh, we watched Blade Runner 2049. It was Katrina's first time watching that. We watched the original Blade Runner a few weeks back. Um, we watched Hawkeye. Um, I know you watched all of Hawkeye. Yep. We, you liked it a lot more than I did. Yep. <laughs> uh, we don't need to get into it. <laughs> um, it's okay to be I wrong. I finished my, my rewatch of uh, Modern Family, uh, and I started The Witcher. I've got like three more episodes of the la- the, the season that just dropped. Nice. And then um, Halo Infinite came out, so I put a, put a lot of hours into that and I, beat the game. I don't have an Xbox. I want to play it. It's it's good. It's it's the fir- I don't want to say the first one because I played all of them, but I. 
it was something something about it with like the grapple hook like i just really really liked it and i i felt more like master chief than at any other point in the game like i feel like i dominated the not the multiplayer i suck at multiplayer but the single player campaign i feel like it didn't get hard until like the last hour of the game. Like I actually felt like a super soldier just massacring thousands of aliens. Cause like, I don't know. Like, That's how doom makes me feel. Yeah. The terrain and the, and, and the weapon, like and the weapons are all powered up. Like I almost always use just the basic assault rifle and battle rifles. And I just felt like an unkillable machine. Most <laughs> of the game. So that was fun. Um, we started watching six feet under again. We're, we're about to finish the second season. Ah, fantastic. That still holds up. Um, already brought up Spider-Man No Way Home. I saw that twice. And then I also watched the uh, the Matrix Resurrections as well. Um, and I liked that more than I thought I was going to. So, yeah. Uh, I Do you want to talk about Matrix for a second? Let, let's, let's, let's try to do like two minutes of Matrix talk. Okay. I was feeling real weird about it for the first act, the first time I saw it. And I powered through and ended up liking it uh, a decent amount. But I was it didn't blow my dick off. And um, I sat with it for a little bit. And a couple days later, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I really like that movie. And then I watched it a yeah, second I, time and it confirmed it for me. I want to watch it a second time. I haven't done it yet. Um, it is it is a little little on the nose. I, I would say that there's no subtext in this movie. And we all know that, you know, um, the Wachowskis were trying to make a, a trans allegory originally. And then the studio intervened. Um, this one... There are a lot more nods to that. There are, you know, one of the companies is called Binary in it. Um, but I, I, I kind of appreciated that, you know, like there, there was no holds barred on it. Um, the, the special effects were a little weaker. If, the fights so were I'm gonna, good, but I'm interrupting you because I want to talk about that one thing really quick. Yeah, I think if I made um, uh, one of the most culturally relevant properties of all time. And it was my life for 20 years. And I watched the people that used to beat the shit out of me in high school adopt that message and yeah. use it to say why I shouldn't have any rights. I would yeah. not want to do anything that's under the surface. Everything would yeah. be on the surface and it would all be a big fucking middle finger. And that's what this movie yeah. felt like. And and it really is. And, and, and you know, for those who don't know the background of this, like there, there's even a scene in the movie. This isn't spoil. I wouldn't call this spoilers. Um, but there's a point where they directly acknowledge the fact that the matrix is a property and it's been 20 years and that the studio was going to make another Warner matrix movie. Yeah. Yeah. They was going to make another matrix movie with or without the Wachowski sisters. Yeah. Um, and so only, only one of them came back to, to do this movie. Um, but I do agree with you. Like this was her opportunity to set the record, just put it all out there. And it's like I said, it's very, very on the nose. It's, and I'm sure a lot of people watched that movie and were like pissed off about it. But I thought it was hilarious how they just yeah. was, they were so open about it. Like, like yeah. I said, you know, they 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 there's a company called Binary. They're every you know they they say that there's there's fluctuations and everything. Like it's 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 impossible to not get get what this is going for. Yeah. So um, having having I'm going to rewatch that, it. I think there are some uh, some glaring issues that you can talk about if you're discussing the quality of the movie. And, yeah, you know, it's probably better than it had any right being, but there's some things that are real head scratchers. I would say that there, I mean, I, I, I haven't like watched it and taken notes like I normally do for an episode. We'll probably do a bonus episode. We yeah, might I was going to say you should episode. watch it again and diff- we'll do another one. Yeah. Um, but there were a lot of amazing ideas that I thought were fantastic, but maybe not executed a hundred percent the way they could have been executed. Um, but I, th- I, I walked, I went into it going, it's a Matrix movie. I'm going to watch it because it's the Matrix. It doesn't look great, but I ended up enjoying it a lot more. And yeah. we'll just leave it at that until we watch, until we do our uh, recording. But uh, yeah. let's get back into West Side let's, story. Let's let's jack back into the West Side. <laughs> All right. 2021, directed by Steven Spielberg. Boo. Uh, I mean, yay. I, I just want to say off the top, like one of the things I, w- I was into this one almost from the get go. We didn't talk about this. We spent quite a bit of time talking about it in the last recording. So I'll just bring it up. Both of us were confused by the opening of the 1960s version because it's just a red screen and then it's a blue screen, then it's a red screen. But it goes for about five minutes with and there, no, and, no names on the screen. And there is an no, image. There's a bunch of lines. It's like yeah, the Matrix. There's just a line. Yeah, it's just a bunch of lines at the top third of the screen, basically in the middle. So it's like if you dissected the or not dissected but if you split the screen Bisected. like uh the critical thirds like you would like right. a photo Trisected. um 
it was only the top third and the middle third had all these lines and it was just them singing and whistling and then no names, no credits. And then after about five minutes, it blurs into the city and the lines roughly made up some of this line. Like the lines move, but they become, uh, but they, they move so slowly. It looks like they're static. Yeah. I honestly thought because, you know, I watched this um, on my Fire Stick and the Fire Stick, you know, it's one of the cheaper streaming devices. I watched it in my bedroom. Um, A lot of the times it will freeze. The Amazon products will freeze and the audio will go. I honestly thought the video froze and the audio kept going. That wasn't the case. It was just a really long thing. Yeah. Um, Not one of Saul Bass's finest moments, in my opinion. But this version, what I really appreciated was like the opening credits were the jets getting the career. So, you know, you see various jets with their girlfriends or just hanging out in bed or sitting on a front stoop or whatever. And, you know, a couple of them are working. They get off their shift. They grab paints from a construction site that they're working on. And they just start walking through New York City and they're whistling. And each time they whistle, another one of their gang jumps on and starts walking with them. Um, and as the gang gets bigger and bigger, you start seeing the people of New York recognize oh shit this these are the jets and they will like cross the street these kids were like stealing shit as they were walking by stores you know they were stealing paint cans they were stealing food uh they were hassling people shoving people um being hoodlums and gang members and like actually being a problem and that was something i right off the bat i thought this was a much more interesting way to open the movie and i also thought you know, in the previous version, it was just like a bunch of white kids hanging out. Like nobody seemed to give a shit about what they were doing. And they didn't seem that bad. They just seemed like a racist group of white kids. That's, <laughs> that sounds terrible. They were terrible. They were racist and whatnot. But you didn't see them acting like a gang. It seemed more more just like a group of friends concerned about their neighborhood becoming, you know, yeah. more ethnic. In this version, you see, no, these kids are actually assholes and causing problems in the city. Like they are a gang and a nuisance. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. I thought it was... Um a much better use of the opening, you know, five or 10 minutes of the movie. And then the, uh, right off the bat, like the previous version, you know, they have this long, you know, when you're a jet, you're a jet, you're a jet for life. And they were also like fighting the Puerto Ricans, but it was like, they would like throw like a really dramatic punch that would miss by a mile. And then they would spin around and jump on their tiptoes and pirouettes and everything. And this, like there would be like spins and stuff, but it'd be like a spin, like they were dodging a punch and then they would throw a punch and then the person would go backwards and they might do like a somersault backwards. So there was still some choreography, but it was much shorter. It would be like, you know, five to six seconds of dance moves. And then there was actually fighting and brawling. And then, um, you pointed this out the last time, the the paint can, somebody getting hit in the face of a paint can in like the opening song. And it was like in the background. It wasn't like a main character, but there was actually like choreographed fights with periodic dancing where the other one and was like It also felt like there were stakes, like people actually got hit. Getting like, hurt. Yeah, there was, you know, the whole movie revolves around a dust up, around a rumble. And <clears throat> this movie, it felt like, oh, there's actually some fighting going on. But- I, you know, you kind of bring up a good point that I want to make about both these movies. This is 100% an Alex thing, but just uh, for people to have, you know, um, some insight into why maybe I, these movies didn't work for me, if you care at all, but you're listening to the podcast and we're halfway through, so I assume you care a little bit. Um, but it's the it's the dancing and, and the, the pirouetting and then like throwing a punch and then like snapping afterwards and singing it like that doesn't make sense in my brain. Like there's a, there's a dissonance between those two things that like, um, like triggers a, like a cringe reaction in me. And I, I, I'm I like, totally get that. And again, that's a hundred percent my thing. I'm not taking away from, uh, from the art form at all or from any of these people's accomplishments. Like I recognize that it's a hard thing to do and that these people have dedicated their lives to it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not belittling anybody, but it's just like, I don't, I don't think that I dance musicals. Musicals aren't fight for everybody. Musicals are for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I, I used to be the same way. I used to absolutely, and I'm not saying you hate musicals. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, yeah, no, there's musicals I that hate, I like. It's just the... I used to just hate musicals in general. Um, oh, you know what it feels like? That, I'm sorry. It, it feels like the Rogers musical from Hawkeye. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but even those, I, I, I've I actually developed appreciation for over the last few years. I used to hate all musicals. The only one that I, I liked was Moulin Rouge because that's Katrina's favorite movie. And yeah. the first time I saw it, I'm like, this is weird. Uh, <laughs> but it's her favorite movie. So I watched it a bunch with her. And now I love that movie. Um, I, but I've watched Chicago. I've watched Les Mis. I've watched most of the Chicago. I already said Chicago. Um, Chicago, Les Mis. Have you seen Hamilton? Pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I like Hamilton. Yeah, I love Hamilton. Um, but I used to. But I. I used to hate musicals until I saw um, The Greatest Showman a few years back, mm. and then something clicked, and all of a sudden I like it. It's funny that that's the one that did it for you because it got kind of poor reviews, huh? 
that movie was one of the biggest movies and had one of the longest run times in like 12 years. But I mean, it, it didn't do well. It, it didn't have an, it didn't have great reviews and it didn't have a great opening, but it made a fuck ton of money because it was a sleeper hit. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it came out like early December and it wasn't until like January where like word of mouth got to people and then it blew up in like January. It made a lot of money. Don't sleep on Hugh Jack. Yeah. And then they re-released it as a sing-along version because it did so well. Oh, wow. Well, um, yeah, I mean, let's get back to the movie, but all that's yeah, to say, since then, I don't, I don't hate musicals. Like I, I enjoy Hamilton and yeah. blah, 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 but I know Hamilton's like the white guy. I'm cool. Right. Um, yeah. but uh, I think specifically the West Side Story thing is like these guys are down and dirty hoodlums and they'll, you know, beat the shit out of somebody and not think twice about it. And they carry knives and it's all, and there's a rumble um, and it's just like the the stakes of that doesn't feel like it translates to dancing. It, for me. it didn't feel real in the 60s version. In this version, it felt real from the get go because you saw them being hoodlums and yeah. you saw physical altercations that actually looked dangerous. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say, and then just from the opening shots of the movie, you just see this part of New York that's being demolished and being gentrified. It, I mean, I was excited about this movie from the first time I saw a trailer and the first trailer was just like a whistle and a few establishing shots. And then like Maria and Tony just looking up at each other with the city behind them. And I was hooked. Like this was like early 2021. Like this movie was actually probably in my top five anticipated movies of the year. Because it just looks incredible. Like this movie is one of the prettiest movies I've seen in a very, very long time. Like it is a that's beautiful movie. And that's something that people were saying going into it is like there's scenes in this that is what cinema's made for, and you have to experience it in a theater. I I agree. Like I I thought it looked I even though this movie's like three or six minutes, I can't remember if it's three minutes or six minutes longer than the original version. Um, it packs a lot more in, but the it's so much more engaging. Like there is actually a lot more dramatic acting. They um, The songs don't go on as long. It's not just like crazy choreography for a very long time. It's You'll have the song, but there's like acting and emoting that isn't just musical act, acting and emoting. So you get that that semblance of drama and then it's just not over the top with the acting. Like it seems like a drama with a little bit of music in it where the original was just like, this is a musical and it, it almost like there are talking points in, in the original version, but it seemed fewer and far between than in here. Like this one seemed like a pretty even split between people talking to each other and singing to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the other things that I thought was really interesting about this version was they, they actually changed the order of some of the songs um so like one of the ones uh cool which is kind of the after the big um climax of the movie uh where they actually have the rumble tony is trying to stop it like we haven't really talked about the story at all i guess we could do like a quick summary but uh, most people who are listening this has probably seen a version of this but um the movie kind of culminates with with the brawl happening um tony tries to stop it bernardo attacks tony um Riff kills Bernardo and then oh no, reverse that. Bernardo accidentally kills Riff. Tony gets pissed, kills Bernardo, and then the rest of the movie is them just trying to figure out what to do in the aftermath. So in the original version in the play, they sing cool, where you know the guy who kind of takes over the gang from Riff is like, Hey, we need to be cool, we need to lay low, we can't be causing problems right now. Just just chill. In this version, they actually put cool before the big fight, like as they're getting ready, because in this version, Riff is like, I got a gun. I'm just going to assume the Puerto Ricans are bringing a gun. So I'm just going to like kind of preemptively assume that they're going to not follow the rules by breaking the rules myself. And Mutually Tony shows assured like, destruction. I don't know. What exactly. That is. And Tony shows up and is like trying to stop it. And he's like, Hey man, like, don't do this. This is ridiculous. And they kind of have this like choreographed fight where like the gun goes flying and they're fighting over the gun. Um, but Tony is unsuccessful in deterring them from going and, and doing it, but I thought that was a kind of an interesting dynamic, and I actually liked that more. Yeah, me too. Because the afterward, I mean, these other characters, like there are a lot of auxiliary side characters who don't get a lot to do. Like the guy who took over for the gang, like he doesn't do much until that point. So it kind of feel I I liked giving the leads that we've kind of grown connected to having that big kind of power, and it really just shows Tony and and Riff further dividing i think it actually made a lot more sense from a story perspective having that before the big fight um so i liked that a lot um and i really liked officer crumkey in this rendition you mean so Martin Scorsese? yeah <laughs> but um 
I, I don't really have a ton to. Oh no, I do have more to talk about. I did. I um, really enjoyed the Officer Kupke uh, song. Yeah, this this version I thought it was a lot more fun, um, and they were actually in the jail where the previous version they were just singing out on the streets. So just yeah, the, some, the, the about, tone and the message didn't make sense. Yeah, and something about the performance of this one um, gave it. I, I don't think the lyrics are any different, so like maybe this message is in there. But something about the way that the kids delivered it in the new version made it feel more like, oh, these kids are fucked up. Like yeah. maybe they have less of a choice in what they're doing. Not you know, I'm not excusing them for racism, but in being hoodlums, um, then you might initially thought like they're. Uh, young men who need therapy and uh like never feel safe you know they come from broken yeah. homes and shit well, and what i liked about this the previous version was like out on the playground or like out on the city streets and it's like yeah they were just harassed by the cop but in this version them being in the jailhouse like they weren't actually in a cell or anything but they were like waiting to be processed and interrogated but they like move around the room like they've been there before like yeah. they know this yeah. isn't their first rodeo um so i think it was just so much more impactful to do that really quickly we didn't mention Corey Stoll in the last recording um and we haven't mentioned him here but he's the yeah i forget his name he's the sergeant or whatever though yeah um and he, he was good yeah, they gave him fantastic. a nice wig uh did he have a wig i thought he was bald in this no they, they gave him hair oh, he had like a full-on like he's wearing a hat center a part almost like nathan fillion hair <laughs> uh i thought he was good and um i like that you know we're talking about the kids i like that the cops kind of a piece of shit um and he's racist. And he also, like, he's using the kids, as, the Jets, as pawns almost. Yeah. And the Jets, like, feel like, oh, we have the cops on our side, sort of. But also, they'll pull us in. Like, they know that they're being used. And I think that's just, like, one more um, example of looking up to authority figures or people that they, that should be taking care of them and being fucked again. Yeah. So I kind of like, give the Jets some leeway there, I guess. Oh, yeah. They're they're definitely pawns in this. And, and um one of the other things, I guess, speaking of the Jets, Tony, and we'll, we'll get into Tony and Maria a little bit, but one of the things I thought was really interesting is in the original version, they don't really say why Tony is trying to stay away from the Jets. In this version, Tony almost, he, he had like a little Dominic Toretto moment, <laughs> you know, 18 months prior and almost killed a guy. Um, I think so they should realize, do West Side Story, but it's just, uh, it's in the Fast and Fury, Furious universe. It's Dominic Toretto's dad. East LA story. <laughs> um but they they gave him this backstory where he almost killed a guy. He was in prison for 18 months and he because he was in prison, he was living with, you know, black people, Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, like all these different like people American from History different. X. Yeah. And he changed his ways and he doesn't want to be part of this lifestyle. So I thought that was a really interesting way to bring it up. Yeah. And then getting into um I guess we'll do Maria and Tony and then move into some of the other stuff. But the other thing I that was really different in this was the original movie seemed more like star-crossed lovers. They both had this kind of like, oh, you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. We're now in love. In this version, uh, Maria has more agency. Like in the previous version, um, she's just there. Bernardo's like, stay away from white guys. And then at the end, you're told once she's already in love with with um, Bernardo and not Bernardo, that's her brother. Uh, when she's already in love with Tony and the rumble is going to happen, we find out that she's engaged to be married to a person she's never met in the original version. But the original version, Chino, who ends up killing Tony at the end of the movie, he's not a part of the movie until he comes in and kills Tony. Yeah. In this version, Chino is a character who is supposed to be going to college. He's like a smart guy. He's. He's the Puerto Rican's hope of having a better, you know, life and, you know, fixing the their image. Port- yeah. Um, and he and Maria has been in the country actually longer than Bernardo. Like she's been here for a few years. She has a job. She took care of their parents. So she has some agency. Uh, so she stands up to Bernardo earlier. She's the one who really like starts the relationship with Tony. Like they both see each other. Yeah, she very she much makes him. the first move. Yeah, wow. she makes the first move. Um, and then the backstory is even more interesting because Tony tells her everything like, yeah, I used to be hella racist against Puerto Ricans. <laughs> um, I almost killed, you know, one, but I went to prison. I'm a better person. Um, and I think that made the end of the movie so much more interesting that, you know, she, you know, at the end of the movie, he's going to go turn himself into the cops in the previous version. She's just like, Oh no, don't do that. But in this version, <laughs> she's like very hurt. Cause like this guy killed her brother, yeah. but she's like, I'm going to lose you too. Like what good does this do? Like you killed my brother, but I love you. 
and I'm going to lose both of you. And I know you didn't want to do it. And so like, it makes a little bit more sense, even though this whole movie takes place in 24 hours, it's still far fetched, but it makes more sense in this version. Yeah. And that moment specifically, I, I have mixed feelings about, it. I felt like that was um, really well done and, and interesting specifically that she's like, uh, you know, he comes to her bedroom after killing her brother and says, listen, I did this. I don't want you to hear it from anybody else. It was an accident. I'm going to turn myself in and I'm sorry. You know, he's, he's essentially saying goodbye to her and she doesn't want him to go to the cops. She's like, Oh, you know, how can I ever forgive you for taking both of you away from me? You know, it's really nice. Like she does. I think she, gives him the benefit of the doubt and she thinks that it's an accident and she's like, I don't want to lose the two men that I love, you know, in one night. Like she's forgiving him for it already. What I have mixed feelings about is that uh, she immediately sleeps with him afterwards. And I don't think it's unreasonable to assume that she's a virgin in this movie. Right. Um, Right. So like she chose that as the time to like lose her virginity and have sex with this guy for the first time. Like, like the moment that he admitted to killing her brother took me out of it. (laughs) Um, so both versions, I'm going to use this kind of as a good transition point to get back into talking about the Puerto Rican side and their relationships and how, you know, they were kind of done dirty. But in both versions, after Tony goes to Maria and says, hey, this is what I did. I still love you. I'm going to turn myself in. And then, you know, Maria's like, no, nah, don't do that. Um, and then they plan their getaway. Both versions, um, Anita shows up and kind of chastises Maria, but decides she understands and decides to help them. Um, so in both versions, she goes to Doc's. In this version, we haven't talked about it, but we'll, we'll get into it. Um, Doc is like this neighborhood guy who kind of his store is kind of like the neutral ground for everybody mm-hmm. besides the gym. Uh, and he tries to talk them out of the fights in the original one. And he also gives Tony money so he can get away and gives Tony a place to stay. In this version, it's Valentina, uh, played by Rita Moreno. Um, she is the uh, Puerto Rican wife or widow of doc um and so ansel elgore as tony throughout the movie goes to her for advice and the same way he went to doc um but this role's expanded a little bit with rita moreno he's like you married a white guy um and then i and, and you you know people respected both of you you guys found a way to kind of merge the generations or the 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 two different societies together i want to do the same thing um so in both versions, Anita goes to this meeting place to kind of tell Tony, like, hey, this is what Maria wants to do. Um, but in the first, in both versions, the Jets attempt to rape her. And in this version, what I really appreciate is Rita Moreno came out and called them out on it. In the last version, Doc was just like, what are you guys doing? Stop it. Knock it off. In this version, she's like, I've known every single one of you guys from children. I know you guys haven't had a great life. Um, but today is where you became rapists. Yeah, you guys are irredeemable now, and I thought that was fantastic. And then at that point, Anita in both versions says, "Will you tell Tony that Chino found out and killed Maria?" Um, and then she decides, "Fuck it, I'm going back to Puerto Rico. Fuck this country." Um, and then that causes Tony to go out in the streets looking. Chino kills him in both versions of the movie. Um, and then both versions, Maria's like racism caused this. She mainly looks at the white people and is like, "Your hatred caused the death of your two friends." kind of thing and that's kind of how the movie ends but i really appreciated the valentina rita moreno character because it did kind of merge both worlds but then she called the jets out for being worse than the puerto ricans yeah and that whole scene was uh was really well done and very hard to watch like it was um it was very visceral and felt like you know maybe the highest stakes in the movie it's when things felt the most real and um i really like the 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 touch that Spielberg or I guess whoever put in there that the um, two of the jet girls are in the, in doc's cafe or drugstore or whatever um, hanging out with the jets before Anita walks in. And when Anita comes in, they're like, go back to Puerto Rico and blah, blah, blah. You're dirty. Like they're being awful, just as awful as the boys. And like, she starts to walk in and you can see the jets start to group think um, this, sexual assault situation into reality and the girls realize it and they're like oh fuck no like stop doing that she needs to get out of here we're not we're not doing this and the guys move the, the two white girls they forcibly outside. remove their girlfriends yeah, they forcibly remove their girlfriends because they know what they're about to do and uh, the girls like in an instant are on anita's side and all the you know all the racism goes out the window they're just like we're not doing this you know we're, yeah we're they're not banging on the windows trying to get back in 
Yeah, it's gnarly. Like this version explicitly throws the R word out and says, you guys are rapists. And I think I, I have to commend them for that because I think most people watching these movies think how I kind of thought going into this movie or this t- this episode that uh, they're both equally to blame. But like, I think this version is even more apparent that the Jets are the architects of the downfall of both sides in this one. Like their actions by far cause most of the drama in this movie. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, the ending's rough. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think, is there anything else I want to bring up? Um, the one, one thing I did think was pretty funny, uh, and this is kind of a lighthearted thing, and they obviously added this with Ansel Elgort, um, but there's a point where like Ansel Elgort's walking around, and he's like a good six, seven inches taller than everybody else, and I'm like, good lord, he's tall, and I'm like <laughs> thinking, like, I just watched Baby Driver not that long ago. And he didn't seem that big, but he's standing next to like John Hamm, yeah. John Berenthal, <laughs> um, and um, um, why can't I think of his name? Jamie Fox? I don't know how tall so he's standing Jamie next Fox to these is. like three, three big dudes. So I never really noticed how big this guy is. And then like he walks up to Maria, who's like tiny. Uh, and this version, it was a little weird because I mean she's she's like twenty years old, but she seems like she's fourteen or fifteen. Like she looks really young. So I, I felt a Which, little different again, watching her. Great casting for Ansel Elgort. Yeah, Jamie um, Fox is five nine, by the way. Yeah, okay, so he's not super tall. Um, I'm actually slightly taller than him. Good to know. Um, but Maria like comments on him, like she's like, "Oh wow, you're tall," and I just laughed because I at that moment I was thinking, like, "Good lord, I didn't realize how tall he was." Yeah, so nice little meta moment. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny. But um, on the whole, I mean, is there is there anything else that you want to bring up before we? we go this was maria's first movie the actress who played maria she had played um yeah she played maria in various versions on stage productions but this is her first actual movie role uh and she did she did a pretty good job i'd say Um, yeah i think she was really good um i want to shout out uh mike mike fight faced feist i don't know is that riff that's riff though i think he was really good he was so good yeah and uh, Ariana DeBose, who plays Anita, was also fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, this time around, I'd say the performances across the board were a lot better. And this was a lot more about acting um, and not being... I, I would say the drama came before the music in this. Not to say that the music isn't yeah. fantastic. I think that the um, story was more the star of this film rather than the uh, the songs and dancing. Yeah. And then like the whole Chino thing, not being an entity in the first one, like he just shows up to kill Tony and be like basically an unnamed bad guy. Like we had no connection. Seeing his turn of wanting to be part of the gang and the gang being like, no, you're our one hope at redemption. And then his, I don't want to say descent into evil, but like his descent into becoming just another statistic. Yeah. I think um, it was very interesting. Yeah. They gave him a story, which is cool. And they also just like set up the fact that this guy exists that, you know, comes back later on so there's like a he's, setup he's not a, just a twist there's a the setup and movie. payoff right? exactly it's, yeah. of, it's not even a twist it's just like a thing that happens right yeah that's a little filmmaking uh, technique that we like to call chinokov's gun <laughs> stupid chekhov's chino um, yeah um but like on the whole this one just feels like a just feels more cinematic and it feel i feel a lot more connected to the characters and i was a much more emotionally i don't want to say i mean movies in general are about emotional manipulation but I felt much more along for the ride for this version just because of how real the world felt. And just everybody knocked it out of the park in terms of their performance in this movie. So like, I'll go out on a limb and say, this is a movie that I think should have happened. And it's, it's hard to say. Like, There's a certain point to me that goes, well, how many versions of Romeo and Juliet do we need? How many versions of Macbeth do we need? Because like, they just came out with another Macbeth. You know, with At least Washington. one a generation. And everything. And it's like, well, are you ever going to really do better? I don't know. Could, could this one be improved on? I mean, I, I I don't know. But people, for whatever reason, young people don't like to go and watch old movies. So I think this is something that'll be a once in a generation kind of thing. Every thirty to fifty years, we'll probably get another one of these. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's only a few types of stories out there, and Romeo and Juliet uh, is just the one of the best versions of one of those things. You know? Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, young people don't necessarily want to go and watch uh, a 1952 stage production uh, captured on on 16 millimeter film of Romeo and Juliet, even if it's got really good performances. Uh, kids in the 90s wanted to see Leo DiCaprio doing it. And Gen Z doesn't even want to see Leo doing it. They want to see, you know, Tom Holland or fucking, uh, 
I don't know, some, Timothy Chalamet. some YouTube star. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think these are stories that can be told every, every generation. And I think West Side Story specifically, really getting, uh, getting specific, um, can be redone every 50 years or so. And honestly, but I think, I think the next version is not going to be set in the fifties or seventies and it's not going to be, uh, necessarily about, um, you know, whites and Puerto Ricans in New York. I think they'll probably update it next time. They could. I mean, the issue, um, unfortunately in, in America, we are not a post-racial America. We are still obviously by the events of last year, um, very much a, a racist country and we still have ways still relevant. Yeah, it's, it really is. And I mean, I, I know people who are Puerto Rican who, when they're on the East Coast, they say they're Mexican. And when they're here on the West Coast, they say they're Puerto Rican to avoid the the regional racism. So, you know, it's still very much a problem. But um, I, I enjoyed this movie. Like, I was looking forward to it all year. And I enjoy I mean, I don't want to say this isn't a movie you enjoy because it is a very dark subject matter. It's rough, but I... It's got singing I, and I, dancing. I think people enjoy yeah, it. But I came out of this movie impressed and i liked what i saw and i mean katrina and i spoke about it for a while this is obviously the second time we're recording this episode um we've we've had other snafus where we end up just not re-recording uh but i felt like like this one touched me enough where i felt it was worth re-recording the episode yeah so i love take that for what a you good will. touch yeah uh wrap us up man Where, what are your plugs yeah um i'm on the tiktok at polishi p-u-l-i-s-c-i i'm on twitter at polishi i'm on letterboxd at polishi and i'm on instagram at dyslexic so Insta- god instagram, damn it, get that, instagram get that together make me a polishi yeah sons of bitches anyway uh you can listen to everything uh you can look up everything that's mdx pods related at mdxpods.com twitter instagram and facebook all at mdx pods if you want to support the show and get uh these episodes early get special bonus content we already alluded that we'll likely do a matrix episode um pretty shortly um if you want those you can go to patreon.com slash mdx pods to support the show that goes a long way to uh helping us get gear, paying for our web hosting, paying for our rentals. We do believe in supporting the arts, so we do pay for every movie that we watch. Um, if we have to rent it, it's not available for free. So it just helps us you know, keep the lights on over here at MDX Pods. Um, but with that being said, thank you for listening. Uh, please like, share, and uh, tell your friends about us. We are also on YouTube. I never plug YouTube, but uh, we are technically on YouTube as well, so you can just search for MDX Pods. We'll be there. We'll be We've there. a lot of Or Remake Rewind. Yeah, we'll be there. Um, all these episodes are there, but uh, thanks for listening. Thanks.